everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coco and Dalts. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming offerings on Netflix, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. And Dalts, what are we reviewing today? Well, listener, you'll be excited because we're not going to be able to tell you about half of the content that's going to be involved (laughs) with this particular episode. We are doing the History of Swear Words, which just came out uh, as we record this last night, yesterday, on Netflix, starring Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Who else would be in that other than Nicolas Cage? Well, Samuel L., Maybe. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. That would be a good pick, too. <laughs> uh, so what this this is is a docu-series. It's six uh, uh, curse words uh, and explain explanations as to where they come from, their origins, their modern-day usage, and uh, various famous instances where they appear in movies and such. The words, we can't really say the words, <laughs> but we can hint around as to what the words are. And I imagine you can guess them. So this is not like uh, George Carlin's words you can't say on TV, (laughs) seven words you can't say on TV. They're pretty close, but not those. Um, It's, uh, do you, should we try to come up with colorful ways of saying them, Coco? Well, I was thinking, I mean, the F word, obviously, Uh, a euphemism for male genitalia. Right. Which is four letters. Which is also uh, a short Uh, form for Richard. Yeah. A euphemism for female genitalia, Mm -hmm. which is also a nickname for a kitty cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Damn inexplicably is in there, (laughs) which I don't even think that's a swear word anymore. Well, that's what they said too. Yeah. Yeah. A four letter uh, synonym for excrement, Mm -hmm. not crap. Mm -hmm. And then what was the sixth one? It was a female dog. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And not making the list was crap. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they said that damn is pretty much... No, they said um, that the other word for crap is going the way of crap. Like in, in a couple decades, it's probably going to be acceptable and not considered profanity anymore. Well, so we want we can get into the weeds on this pretty quickly because I yeah. thought it was fairly interesting... Um, what you're talking, you're talking about the evolution of some of these words. I thought one of the most interesting things about this docu series was what will be swear words in, in the next generation, like right. forty years from now, mm-hmm. when they were talking about, oh well, the legislators of today are five and six and ten years old, and they'll be making the laws down the line. So the words yeah. that we're growing up with now, they're growing up with now on TV and uh, the internet. Uh, they're not going to be, they're just going to be totally unfazed by those words. So these words that we're talking about that we cannot say, I'm sure in 40 years from now, you'll be able to say them on podcasts and not have a, like an explicit rating. Right, totally. And they uh, they also said, because I was like, why the hell is damn included on this list? Like that's not- And why isn't hell on this list? Right. And uh, they said that pretty much these days, it's the ultra-religious people who only consider damn to be a hell word because it comes from, like, God will damn you. You know, it comes from damnation. So people who are super religious, because it still has those religious, like, undertones and connotations, they consider it a swear word. But the secular society at large is like, whatever. You know, (laughs) it's just another word, you know? Well, and and they were talking about how the addition of God to that mm-hmm. makes it even more, you can't, you can't find that anywhere on TV and, and mm-hmm. movies and that sort of thing in the mainstream. Um, unless it's like a really extreme moment where you've got to really emphasize something and then you right. add God to the front of it. So there was a lot of that kind of 
inside information on what a swear word is and how it evolves and how to reinforce it. And And that was very interestingly done. And I thought it was actually more interesting. Like I understand. So it was broken up like Nicolas Cage hosted it. And he had like little vignettes where Mm -hmm. he would kind of introduce some stuff or sitting in the fire. Yeah. And sitting in the fireplace. I mean, yeah. Um, And then they interviewed three people who are like linguists, including one lady who actually wrote dictionary definitions for Merriam-Webster. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. And then they also interviewed comedians. And I wish because I was an English major and I'm kind of a language nerd, I actually wish they would have interviewed the linguists Mm -hmm. more because Mm -hmm. they always were so interesting and they were entertaining too. It's not like... They were really dry, like, well, the F word comes from for unlawful carnal knowledge, which was a phrase used in 15th century England, you know, like... They they weren't stuffed shirts or anything No, definitely. They were really... They had some really funny moments as well. And even though the comedians were funny and I like them, it's like, you know, you could have laid off the comedians a little bit (laughs) and added more of like the actual history in there. And I think it would have been a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with that. Like one of the comedians was uh, Sarah Silverman who I think is pretty funny, but I don't know if she really added a whole lot other right. than just kind of riff on the words. And and I think that that was ably done by Nicolas Cage anyway. Like he yeah. was kind of riffing on the words, mm-hmm. setting things up. He I was mean, being Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and let's talk about <laughs> Nicolas Cage here for a minute. Okay, yeah. Uh, as the host of this, sitting fireside and doing the intros and the outros and sort of transitions between uh, segments within each uh, segment itself, um, he's like bat uh, crap crazy, of course. <laughs> and he was perfect for this. I thought he brought a, a really mm. good presence to this because can you imagine anybody else? Like Samuel L. Jackson's a great suggestion. Um, we were talking off air about this and I thought, well, maybe they tried to get Sarah Silverman or Nick Offerman, who's also in this, mm-hmm. get those uh, celebrity type people to do it. People that have don't don't have any problem with swearing or cursing right. or not restrained in any way, shape, or form. Any of those people would have been good, but uh, I can't imagine anybody other than Nicolas Cage. Like, right. who, who else would do that? Like, Tom Hanks is not going to do this. The only other person I could think of was Shatner. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> that's, that's inspired. <laughs> yeah. And not just because Shat is in his <laughs> name. <you know? laughs> but because he'd be like, the F word comes from... For unlawful carnal knowledge, you know, or maybe even no, Christopher Walken's dead, isn't he? No, Christopher no. Walken's oh. still alive. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Christopher so Walken would have been, would have yeah, been great. Christopher Walken would have been good. There's too, a man but. who swore and he <laughs> and he loved it. So, so yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think Nicolas Cage just by definition is so over the top and off the wall oh, yeah. that he had to be the person to host this. I mean, he he's. He raised a very interesting point in my mind, however, when I'm watching Nicolas Cage, who's been around for a long time now and is a great actor and has done some really great things and has done some really awful things. And I I wonder if you get to a certain age in Hollywood where you start to grow a beard so that your foundations (laughs) uh, start to, you know, there's a line there. You can actually have a line for your foundation. He had a lot of makeup on. He had a lot of makeup on. And a lot of Grecian formula, too. Did he really have Grecian? But yeah, he, I didn't you know, really he looked, notice. He looked pretty good. He looked really good, and he was on his game, too. Like, he wasn't yeah. like a doddering old fool or anything like no. that. He he was hosting pretty well. So uh, hats off to the selection of Nicolas Cage right. to host this. Pretty brilliant. And mm. when was the last time that we said that about exactly. anything Nicolas Cage has been in? It's like, I can hardly wait to see that thing Nicolas Cage is in. Right. Like, National Treasure came out, what, 15 years ago? And that was probably the last time he made, like, any kind of mainstream... 
<laughs> choice Nicholas in his Cage. career. The other, uh, there were a couple other people who got interviewed. One lady was a professor of, I believe, like feminist studies at yeah. UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then there was a guy, I don't remember exactly what his bona fides are, but he was like a host of a radio show yeah was that elvis mitchell yes that yeah. was him yeah. i i enjoyed them also because they also brought in more of the um instead of being like the linguistic like technical aspects of this is how this word mm-hmm. you know transitioned in usage over the years and this is like where it came from originally they talked about like the social aspects of that word and how the female dog word is used to you know keep women down but mm-hmm. now it's undergoing a reclamation prop you know process and mm-hmm. then they also talked about like just like race and gender and how those have affected usage and stuff over the years and so i really i i wanted to hear more from them as well yeah elvis mitchell i'm a big fan of his uh i believe he's a former if not still current uh movie critic for the new york times oh, okay. um he also has a like you said he, he co-hosts a radio show but he i i have all sorts of time for him because he's really informed and he was great in this too. I really mm-hmm. liked his perspective. And I wanted more of those rather than the Nick Offermans and the Sarah, Sarah Silvermans like we were talking mm-hmm. about and the other comedians who were in there. Is like, And I think one of the other comedians was uh, London, uh, London Hughes. She was fine, but didn't really add again much to me for me. So having the linguistic stuff, that was really fascinating. And like mm-hmm. you said, the... The way that these, not only these curse words, but not only how they've developed over the years and centuries, but also how they're developing in the last couple of decades. Right. Mm -hmm. And how people are owning them. Like when they were talking about the the female dog word, I I felt a lot of similarities there between uh, the African-American community and the N-word sort of taking ownership of this word and using it. And it's not the same, obviously, uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of the background of of the word, in terms of the gravity of it. Um, but it felt a little bit of the similar. It's like right. you're taking an insult and you're mm-hmm. you're embracing it and you're absorbing it, and then therefore you're making it a little bit more innocuous than than originally intended. And so you're you're softening the blow essentially. And it's the same with like all the women comedians were like, yeah, yeah. you know, my girlfriends can call me the b word and that's cool, but if right. a man calls me the b word, oh, I'm gonna stab him. Right. And it's the same with the n word. Like that's what exactly white what made people me th- can't use that word exactly. at all. That's you know? what made me think mm-hmm. about that. Is like there's no way a white person's gonna use that word to a black guy, but but two well, black guys could, well. <laughs> Somebody who knows better is not going right. to do that. But well, I think we yes. 75 million people apparently don't have a problem with that based on the last election in the yeah. state. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So not to open a can of worms on that, but that right. was one of the interesting things about this series to me. It wasn't just a textbook definition. It wasn't just encyclopedia right. entries uh-huh. on the origins of the word. It was actually how it's being manipulated and how it's being used and how it's being owned uh, and also there were other ways that uh, the female dog word was being owned by the gay community. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting angle as well. So I think this was really, really well done. I have to say the uh, some of the transitioning stuff was really cheesy. Um, like some of the graphics and some of the, uh, you know, the letter cards and things like that that were popping up as mm-hmm. transitions. It felt a little bit too cartoony to me, but it is about curse words. So right. I think you got to have a balance between the harshness of somebody saying, the D word over and over again and your your ears are getting bludgeoned and then having like soft, you know, little cartoon graphics in between. Right. This isn't a documentary about the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. You know, it's, right. a, it's about cuss words. So. Right. Exactly. So you got to take it with a, you know, it's got to be a little bit softer, but uh, some of them were a little bit cheesy to me. I was like, man, do we really need to 
put that in there. But overall, and, really, really well done. And like you said, it's six episodes and they were all 20 minutes each. Yeah. So it just, it's not a huge time investment. I mean, it's two hours. Right. And it just, it flies by. It's not really super draggy. You know, I mean, it's 20 minutes, so how can it be super draggy? Well, and I'm also thinking like Netflix knew what it's do- it was doing when it divided all these up because the the audience that they're trying to appeal to with this is not going to be, they're not going to sit through a two and a half hour curse word documentary. It's got to be chopped up into little bits, right. and little accessible bits. And also these bits can be, you know, uh, used uh, ad nauseum later on for little segments when you're talking about the origins of the word. And I thought there was... Uh, it was smartly done all the way around and, and well packaged and we blasted through it in a day. Yeah. And it's probably best to do this obviously without kids or grandparents <laughs> around. And we did that and it was it was really well done. I mean, there's some really heavy duty words. Like they, when they talk about the F word, they're talking about Samuel Jackson with snakes on the plane. Like I mean <laughs> yeah. there's and pulp fiction. So there's some serious uh, height usage. Yes. <laughs> serious height on some of these words, but uh mm-hmm. but you can know that going in. You know what it reminded me of, honestly, was, uh, I, I don't even know if it's still on, but VH1 used to have this show called Best Week Ever. Oh, yeah. And they would get a bunch of comedians on to talk about, like, whatever happened in pop culture that week, like mm-hmm. Paris Hilton sex tape or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it, and it's, you know, that's every other comedian's reacting to something show ever, but that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, and it's sort of like the comedian is not an expert in this in this instance, it's just somebody mm-hmm. to wittily respond to the information we have received. I mean, comedians do have an arsenal of excrement jokes and male genitalia <laughs> and jokes. Richard so. jokes. Right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, who better to, yeah. <laughs> who better to react? <laughs> and they use the vocabulary. Like, it's very much one of the tools of their trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it can be... Uh, I, I disagreed with one of the points was that they were saying, well, you have to be really smart to curse and it's it's very uh, clever to use. And it's like, I, I think it's kind of lazy sometimes. Like I've I, heard you say that before. I think, I think you can <laughs> come up with more interesting and funny ways to curse rather than just blast out the F-bomb. You know what I mean? Like uh, it depends on, if you hit, you know, the end of your thumb with a hammer, you're not going to be like, oh, by golly, <laughs> there's some pain right there. <laughs> I feel injured. Like you're going to you're going to curse because that's what you do. Every time I stub my toe, at least one F bomb gets dropped. Right. Yeah. And uh I think that that's one thing, but if you're just like, "Oh, I can't believe that this guy on the, you know, the the customer service I'm having is terrible." And then you start going off on it. It's like it can be actually funnier if you're using more colorful terms than just like this guy's a, a Richard. So, what would you give this docu-series? I would say, so using my new rating system out of <laughs> New 10, year, new rating system. Yes, that's me. Uh, I would say this is a good solid seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so very you, interesting. You give it the same as you gave uh, the Bee Gees. Yeah. How can you mend a broken heart? Yeah, I, I learned similar amounts uh, in both of those docs. And uh, I would think holding this one back from the information that we gleaned from it was more of the... It was a little too cartoony for me, but again, that's what you get when you're talking about swear words. It's not like you were talking about, you said, the Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> it needs to be a little bit more serious for that topic, but for swear words, like, cartoon it up a bit, I guess. Yeah, totes. And so what did you give it, Coco? Yeah, I'd give it, like, uh, maybe a B-. minus. B-, minus, yeah. so lower than the Bee Gees, Doc? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say that. Um, if, if they would have had more of, like, the linguistics people yeah. and the uh, professor of, like, feminist history and elvis mitchell if they would have had more of them on i probably would have given it yeah a better mark but it was entertaining i was informed and nicholas cage 
he was the perfect choice to host this. It's good to see him back again, actually, in something that I'm interested in. Right. So, so uh, that's it for another episode of the podcast, listener. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we made it all the way through this episode without swearing. Which is actually normally not a thing that we do. So <laughs> kudos. <laughs> so for another week of the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dots. <laughs>